Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It is Ricky Venters and Marlon Madden, and we're back with you for another week of the Success Journey Show. What's going on? What's going on, world? Marlon, what's going on, bro? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's new in your world, man? Oh, you know, I'm going to this uh, Marine Corps University. Yes, sir. And, uh, but, but, but unlike other universities, when you go to a military university, you got to run and all that stuff. So the, today they had us running. You did about three point something miles. This is not hard, but there was a lot of hills. Mm, okay. So uh, I hate hills. <laughs> they burn. They burn. <laughs> they burn your whole leg up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> your leg be burning. And then the thing is, nobody else is stopping. So, and I know they're thinking the same thing too, right? It's, 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 called, it's peer pressure, right? <laughs> so nobody else is stopping, and they're like, "Hey, let's get up this hill. Let's get up this hill." And then <laughs> nobody else is stopping, and you're looking like, "Oh, oh I man, can't I can't stop. I can't be the one. <laughs> I can't right? be the one." Oh so, man. So it, it, it's, it's just to test your intestinal fortitude. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're pushing, yep. you're pushing your body to the limit. And, yep. um, you know, and so, so I like it. I love it. But, you know, I'm a little older than the average beer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have to take a little pause right after I <laughs> uh, finish all that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm prostrate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you, got, you got the Bengay in your, um, in your gym bag, the Tiger Bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that. Yeah, all that. Tiger Bomb. You know, it's funny, man, because I remember when I was younger, man, you know, you go out to the basketball court or whatnot and. You don't stretch or nothing. You just get out there and you're nothing. ready to play. I don't, I don't care what time no. of the day it is. You just go out there and you see the old guys, you know, sitting there stretching or what, or yeah. what I considered old back then. And, you know, they're sitting there stretching and get putting all their, their leg wraps on or whatever, ankle wrap <laughs> and the knee wraps. And you're like, yo, come I on, guys. Yeah, let's get ready. <laughs> let's just play, man. And then after the game, they're sitting there talking about their best bombs. Like, oh, man, oh, you got to get the Tiger Bomb. Nah, man, you got to get the big game. Now you got to get the Icy Hot. And I'm like, yo, what are these guys talking about? But now do I know. Oh, yeah, my yeah, goodness, yeah, man. Yeah, I got yeah, my yeah, stash. Yeah. I definitely yeah. have my stash. So, yeah, I started running a little bit last week. And I'm actually going to go after we get done with this show. I'll probably just going to lift tonight. But, yeah, man, I was like, man, yo, I'm just running. Like, my whole body was just like. It was talking to me the next day. <laughs> yeah. It used to be something I love, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to even sit here and lie. I used to just love going out for a run. Now yeah. my body is just like, man, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Let's do the, let's start, do, let's, let's join the walking team now. Yeah, let's join the walking team. Quick walk, quick walk. <laughs> yeah, quick walk. <laughs> and then it's going to be on to golf. Yeah. You know, in that, in that no, order. I don't think, <laughs> no, no, no. I'll always play basketball. I ain't, ain't no golf in my future. I play golf, but I don't, I, it's not like that for me. It's not a love. Oh, man. But anyways, man, let's let's get on with the show. Hey, why don't you tell the listeners uh, just some, some updates and some ways that they can get in contact with us? Hey, listeners, hey, it's almost a year. I'm not going to steal Ricky's thunder, so I'm not going to tell y'all what episode this is, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, it's been almost a year that we appreciate you guys just um, supporting us, hanging in with us, you know, through our ups and downs, turns and everything that we've been going through, you know, our PodCoin, uh, that platform that we were really pushing heavy, they got locked down. We see an influx of everybody coming back on their regular uh, 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 medium to listen to podcasts. So we're happy that you guys are doing that. Please just support us by leaving a little comment, leave a little comment, 
telling us what you like about the show, even what you don't like about the show, so that we can adjust fire. Also, you can check us out on Instagram. Our Instagram is Success Journey Show. Our Facebook is Success Journey Show. Twitter, we're Success underscore Show. And on YouTube, we're Success Journey Show. You can check us out on there. Leave a like, subscribe, whatever you want to do in order to show some support. And we'll definitely be able to bring you all the content that you guys need and want. All right. Love it. Love it. That's right, guys. Um, we are on this week is episode 52, 52, man. Yeah. Um, 52 solid weeks that we have been producing um, episodes. And like Marlon said, it has been it's been a great journey just for us and just going through this discovery process of, you know, how to how to create the how to create the podcast, how to conduct the interviews, how to meet in new individuals, how to try to build a platform, all these different things that we're learning along the way. And it's a, such a great um, opportunity to learn. So, man, we're excited. It's, we're episode 52. And the most exciting part about it, we have people booked out until think almost first week no, December. So we're, I mean, we're, it's, yeah. this, this is good, man. This is, this is really good. Yeah. We're excited about what we're able to share with you guys as we're all on this journey together. So uh, we're going to jump with that being said, we're going to jump right into our guest segment here. And like every other week, man, we have a great special guest that's coming to you. And people ask me, where are you guys finding all these guests? And it's interesting. It's, it's a mix, you know, some, some people from our, our past, uh, past past lives. When I mean past lives, when we were younger, uh, other people that we're meeting on an everyday basis, people that we've never met before. It's a mixture, you know. And we've been we've been blessed, being able to pr- provide all of them an uh, opportunity and and for them to share their experiences and this their journey with the people across the world. And uh, we're honored for them to be on the show. And so, like all other weeks, we have a special guest today, none other than Sabrina Thompson. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Looking forward to just diving deep and just sharing your story with this guy. You guys are going to be you guys are going to be impressed, highly impressed. I'm going to put that out in the beginning. All right. <laughs> so Sabrina. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so Sabrina, why don't you share uh, with everyone just a little bit about yourself? Uh, let's see. Where do I start? Um, I'm from Roosevelt, Long Island, uh, New York. Uh, currently... I work at NASA Goddard in Greenbelt, Maryland. And um, I've been working there for, I think, January will make 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You get your gold pin at 10 years? Say that again? Do you get your gold pin at 10 years? Yeah, they gave us a five year, then a ten year. Oh, really? So okay, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Signs of getting old. <laughs> <laughs> seasoned, seasoned, not old, seasoned. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. So, um, uh, I did say um, I work at NASA Goddard. I am what they call a flight dynamicist. So my background is engineering. Um, I went to SUNY Stony Brook, as Ricky mentioned, and uh, we went to school together. I did, uh, I got my bachelor's in mechanical engineering there. 
then went on to Georgia Tech and received a master's in aerospace engineering. And currently, and don't ask me why, say no, I shouldn't say that, but I'm at <laughs> UMBC pursuing a PhD in atmospheric physics. Oh, wow. You like pain. You, like <laughs> you love it. You love it. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that latest and greatest one. Wow. That's okay. That's a new thing, Ricky. Wow. Yeah. Man. Okay. You love, you love the pain. You love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think it's something else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, no, no, thanks for sharing that. Like like I said, guys, we, um, uh, like she mentioned, that we, we went to undergrad together in Stony Brook and Long Island and both uh, ME majors. And um, it, I've always been just inspired by the path that the engineering took her and her career and uh, Sabrina has been nothing but um, above board and everything and just a, a pillar of influence to those in, from her community and uh, around the world. And I just really wanted to get her on the show just to share a little bit about what she's doing and just the path that she took to get get here. So, you know, you, you heard, you know, she started off as a mechanical engineering, went off into aerospace and now she's torturing herself with atmospheric. What was it? Atmospheric. What's your pee? Physics. Physics. Wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I physics. said to Ricky. I read, I read the bio and I was like this. Listen, man, I'm just going to ask like the, the basic questions because I don't know what in the world. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question. She's going to give me a super answer. I'm going to be like, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. man. <laughs> so if we jump back like there's a few years that um, before you went to Georgia, Georgia Tech, and um, mm-hmm. j- just explain, like, what got you interested in going to the aeros- aerospace area? I mean, even though mechanical engineering is kind of connected to it, it's a, it's, a, it's a different space, you know. What got you interested in shifting over into that direction? So, originally, um, to be honest, I, I really didn't know what mechanical engineering entailed until I jumped into it um, mm-hmm. in undergrad. <laughs> And uh, each summer after that first semester of my freshman year, I did internships. And what these internships did was they helped me to um, pretty much get like my, my, my foot wet, if you will, in like industry. Like if I was to be a mechanical engineer, what type of job would I actually um, have post-graduation? And so... Um, you know, I, 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 as a mechanical engineer, I mean, there's like a very diverse um, set of jobs you could you could choose from. So each summer I did a different, I put myself in a different environment. So one summer, matter of fact, it was during the semester, I did CAD, like a AutoCAD mm-hmm. um, work. Uh, well, excuse me, it's not AutoCAD. That's the program. I did CAD work. <laughs> so basically, uh, product and design development work at a nearby uh, local company called Kaleidoscope. I don't know if they, they still exist today. Um, then I did a summer internship. So I interned at Brookhaven National Lab. Um, I worked as a test engineer at Honda Manufacturing Corporation in um, Ohio. Um, I did a bunch of internships. And what 
what actually uh, made me think about, okay, well, what do I want to, like, you know, after every internship, to be honest, I was ready to go back to school. So after maybe three months or two months of working, I was like, okay, that's enough of this. I want to go back to school. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, I mean, it freaked me out, to be honest, because it's like, okay, will you ever find a job that you want to stay at long enough where you don't want to go back to school or... You know, there's 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 a diversity in terms of different projects and different things that you could work on in one place mm-hmm. where, you know, you will be stimulated like mentally uh, throughout your career. And that's kind of what led me into aerospace engineering, because I thought about NASA. So mm-hmm. NASA is a place basically where I mean. There were many factors, but the main factor was you never get bored in NASA. Like once you once you pretty much excel at your job, say for instance, like right now, um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead. I'm assuming. No, you good? But okay, I do flight dynamics, so I design orbits for different missions, mm. and they're all driven by science. So. Mm. Earth science, heliophysics, astrophysics, you name it. So if I want to specialize, say, for instance, in designing orbits for Earth science uh, missions, mm. for me right now, it's like, okay, I, I, I know how to do that. Like, there's so many different types of orbits that you can put a spacecraft in where it's orbiting Earth. Mm. Okay, so now I want to know why we're putting these spacecraft um, you know, like in these orbits. And to answer those questions, that kind of leads me over to the science a little bit more. So it's not like I have to switch jobs or move or do any of these things. I can be a scientist and I can be an engineer all under this NASA umbrella, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I chose aerospace engineering, not knowing I was going to do what I'm doing today, but knowing that I'm the type of person I get bored easily once I understand something. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm not saying I perfected my craft at all. There's still more to learn, but I've done it enough times to know that now I want to go further with my understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing as a flight mm-hmm. dynamicist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can do that where I work. There's somebody listening that's probably thinking like, okay, I'm going to take the same path she took. All she did was, right? And that's what they're thinking in their head. All she did was she went to SUNY, um, went to Stony Brook, went to Georgia Tech. After Georgia Tech, she landed this great job because she had the qualifications. So she went to um, NASA. She got a job and she's been there for 10 years. She's going to do a PhD and she's going to go on to a better job or in the same place, but go to a higher, higher level. Um, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And it should be easy. That's my, that's my seven, eight year plan. Can you, can you, can you walk somebody through the process of even landing a job at NASA? Oh yeah. that's the, <laughs> Okay. So my path is not a traditional one. So usually what students do, um, they have a program at NASA called pathways and it basically, uh, traditionally it was called a co-op program. So students uh, who are still in school, they pretty much co-op 
um, or they take a, I believe it's a semester off and work at NASA. And they yeah. have different periods where you can do that. So traditionally, this is a path that you would take. So maybe you get a couple of, um, I'm not sure exactly how the program works because, I, again, I, I wasn't in the program and I'm not working with uh, any students directly who are in the, in the program. But essentially what happens is you spend some time at NASA. Maybe you've um, spent a couple terms there. So maybe a couple fall semesters or spring semesters or summer, um, summer terms. You work with a group and you basically kind of develop the skills necessary to do a specific task such that when you graduate, you already have the skills necessary to start working in the position that you were kind of doing as an inter- as a co-op, right? As someone a part of this Pathways program. So any student that's interested, I believe they can go on the website intern.nasa.gov and they can find out more about the Pathways program. If not, use Google search NASA Pathways program and find <laughs> that. Right? Like, uh, but I I graduated from Georgia Tech during the recession, so no one was hiring at all, except NASA was in a position where they were hiring what they called fresh out, so mm-hmm. students fresh out of college, and so they were doing basically a hiring blitz of folks, and I just happened to graduate at that time where they were, you know, they were were conducting this hiring blitz, if you will. So I just applied online for these jobs at usajobs.gov and luckily landed a job. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So before you, I I know you want to, I want to ask one more, and and I know, and I don't know the ins and out of NASA, of course, because I work there. But I know their NASA has shut down certain departments and stuff like that because they don't do certain things anymore. So, with that happening, is 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 the availability for jobs still that um that heavy? Being that they're shutting down those different departments. When the go, so the thing is, um, you know, we're we're a government agency, right? So yeah, we we are limited in how and when we could higher depending on the number of jobs that are open and also depending on you know the amount of funding we get like from the budget so um it just varies it varies um yeah it definitely varies that's why the best way to come in is through um you know a program like the pathways program if you're you know a student um, looking for employment after graduation. Um, yeah. 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 I'll tell you one thing. I tried the whole process and I definitely went two years and I still haven't heard anything back. That was a couple, that was, years, that was years ago. So I know it's intense, man. It is, it is, yep. it is intense. Yeah. I, was like, I was actually like five years ago. Yeah. Around mm. Five years ago, I was trying to get into NASA and I was trying to get in at the point right when they had the, the government shut down in 2014. One of those times, whatever. Well, it, it was a hiring freeze. And I was like, man, right when they get right when I'm trying to go in there, they did a hiring freeze. So, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's impressive just to, 
I've gone on their campus a couple of times. I took some students on their campus a couple of times. And it's just a, a place where, like Sabrina has mentioned, you know, you know, there's so much there where you can learn, where you can grow in your profession and your career. And I, I want to take take a second and just stay on that nugget for a minute, because there are a lot of people that are, you know, looking for what they want to do for their career and not really finding, you know, the best match, you know, as they're going along the way. And I would implore you to search opportunities that, you know, give you the flexibility to learn and to grow. You know, if you're going to go to a place where you can learn your job in, in a year, even three years, you know, you're like, all right, what am I going to do after this? You know, find a place where they, they allow you to spread your wings and, and just learn and grow and just be uh, uh, in, a, in a place where other learners and growers are because it's really going to push you a long way. So, yeah, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that. So 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 tell us you, you get in to NASA right now. NASA, every, every NASA has a reputation that there is a whole bunch of just geeks and scientists walking around and engineers and things <laughs> yeah. of that nature. Right? That, that's the impression lab that people coats. get. Lab coats and everyone, everyone <laughs> wears glasses. Yeah, everyone wears glasses. <laughs> You know, and all they, all they think of is going to the moon. That That's it. That's the only thing they think of with NASA. Right. So why don't you if you if you can, I know it's something you can't say, but, you know, if you can just tell us uh, every, the in, based off of who you are and what you do, just uh, some of the personalities that are, you know, part of the NASA community. You can share it just through your lens as to the things that you're involved in. Yeah, so um so as you know, there are, um, you know, a bunch of NASA centers spread out across the country and right. NASA Goddard is just one, right? One out of nine, or you can say 10 if you include JPL. And so um, basically um, the culture is different at every NASA center. So at NASA Goddard, um, I guess before I say this, I, I, I'd say that I've been to, um, probably most of the NASA centers at least spend some time at each, I want to say. And, uh, from what I have, ex from my experience, um, NASA Goddard is most fitting for me. Um, just from, uh, what I've kind of mentioned earlier, as far as diversity, um, in many ways, right? Diversity in the sense of just like opportunities to work on different projects that uh, allow you to kind of grow in your understanding of, I mean, anything from whether you just want to stick to engineering or if you want to dabble in the science. I mean, I believe, I'm not sure how true this is, but I remember hearing that NASA Goddard has the, um, I think it's like the, I think it's like the center that has um, not just the center. I think it's like worldwide. We hold the, the, um, how do you say this? Basically like the top earth sciences, scientists, sorry, are pretty much at Goddard. And I mm. think that's like, I think that's like, I don't know if it's globally or, or just like, um, you know, just within our country, but the top, Earth sciences, scientists are at NASA Goddard. And when we talk about things like climate change and making progress um, um, in that area, I mean, 
you have the top scientists working on it at NASA Goddard. I mean, they're, they're at other centers too, but you have the most earth scientists working on it in one spot at NASA Goddard. So that's one thing. So if you're not into the moon, like going back to the moon, no. um, that's okay. You can still have a job and you can still focus on, again, like the whole climate change issue and things related to earth science. If you're into planetary sciences, you can work on projects and it's engineering and science related, right? Because the scientists are the ones that come up with the ideas, they come up with these missions and the engineers are the the means, right? To make these missions happen. You need to build the spacecraft. You need to build a ground system to communicate with the spacecraft once it's up there. You need engineers to design the orbit, all these things. So if you take every science discipline, you have all of that happening at Goddard. And not every NASA center has that ability uh, to kind of follow a mission from I want to say infancy or just from like, you know, kind of like proposal stage all the way up to the end of its life. So you can be at Goddard and, and experience that. And um, you can't do that at every NASA center. So again, there's a lot of potential for just kind of growth there. Um, that's one factor. Uh, another factor is being African-American woman. Um, in a male-dominated field. I've worked in NASA for 10 years, almost 10 years, like I said, and I'm going to say, I think about like NSBE, right? National Society of Black Engineers and how how things were in, in, in college, where it's like you found that token black person or that token, you know, female Correct. that was... And, and you know what I mean? It was like, if you found that one or that two, you guys stuck together because you mm-hmm. knew you, you kind of, not to say that you had to, but um, I want to say back then, like, we're <laughs> so old, but <laughs> back then, it was like, you know, you didn't feel like you belong. So once somebody, you know, kind of resembled something that was familiar to you, you stuck with them. Yeah. Here at, 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 well, here at Goddard, you don't really have to do that as much, at least not in my experience. I mean, yes, like, you, you know, when there's another female that comes in through the door and she's a young female, yes, I do make it, you know, I, I do make sure I open my door, make sure that, you know, she feels comfortable enough to say, to come in my office and ask questions, whatever, like, if, even if they, they might think, you know, they're done questions. No, come to my office. My office is open if you ever want to talk. I, I'm that person. I do that. And then people have done that for me throughout my career. And it, it's not just black people. It's white people. It's everybody. Like, like it's, there's no... I want to say Goddard is definitely a place where they... I make it a point to... Um, to make sure that everyone's voice is heard. Diversity mm-hmm. is like a big deal at NASA Goddard, for sure. Hmm. So we even have, like we have like parties and things like that to celebrate most cultures. So we try to be as inclusive as possible. 
but that, now just by sheer statistics or sheer numbers, which is statistics, um, how many females are going into that space? You know what I'm saying? Because even though you, you you know you have the availability to do it, how many females do you see that's going into that space of the um, mechanical engineer or even going on to what the, the side that you're on at the NASA side? So when you get into the mechanical uh, realm, like mechanical engineering, um, there's way more because it's a more, it's a broader field. You're gonna have more women, and you're gonna have more um, African Americans in that arena versus where I work, which is flight dynamics. And flight dynamics, I am one of I am one of t- I am one of two African American women in my branch, and there are there there are maybe maybe ten, maybe more, but roughly speaking, on the order of ten women uh, in the branch, I want to say maybe between ten and twenty, let's say. And the branch size is maybe we have between sixty and seventy people. Mm, that's not bad. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, a lot of, you know, like half the women have been there uh, probably between 20 and 30 years. Probably, no, probably more than half of the women. Let me take that back. About three-fourths of the women have probably been there or they have work experience in the field uh, spanning between 20 and 30 years. So there's only like a, a quarter of us who are, um, who've been there, you know, 10 years or less. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here laughing and I put myself on mute because I'm like, you're, you're breaking down the exact percentages and actually thinking about it. I was like, man, you can tell we have uh, a rocket scientist or, or not a NASA scientist slash engineer on a call with us <laughs> breaking down the percentages <laughs> of everything. No, I love it. Thank you for listening to the Success Journey Show. Please follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at the Success Journey Show. Also, check out our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. More so share, share with our, our travelers too, that the, the side outside of, of NASA, the Sabrina outside of NASA, what are some things that you get into? What are some things that you get involved in um, to show them the complete picture of what makes you, you and what makes you dynamic in your space? Okay. So I guess let me just put a disclaimer out there. I'm not normal. Okay. <laughs> 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 Let me just put that out there. Okay. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. So I'm one of those people who, um, I use both sides of the brain and sometimes simultaneously and it gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, as much as I love tech and STEM things, I also love art. I consider myself a natural artist. 
Mm. Okay, when I was trying to decide what I was going to do for a living, the first thing that popped up in my head was to be an artist. And it was actually a family member who told me uh, or who advised me to kind of put the art on the side and uh, have it as like a backup, you know, for something that would actually make like a career that would actually make me money. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I went into engineering. Okay. So naturally I'm an artist. So in my spare time, I make art. And because I don't have that much free time, you know, I'm always trying to find ways to kind of make things more efficient um, in life for me. And so what does that mean? That means I make art related to STEM. Um, I teach. I don't like the word teach because I don't feel like I'm really teaching. I mostly try to expose young folks, especially um, girls, minority girls to STEM using art. And I have a program called Stimulating Art Program. I do workshops uh, doing doing those things. So I just use art and I teach them concepts and try to make it as fun as I can. I make art where I'm putting images out there that I want young girls to see. I know um, when I was young, I didn't know my job existed. In fact, I didn't know my job existed until I started doing it. Uh, I don't want I don't want girls to um, I don't want anybody to have to uh, have that experience, especially um, um, the minority community, because I know there's not a lot of us out here that are doing my job or uh, certainly some other jobs. So the goal is just to kind of um, just use art as a means of exposing kids to. Um, kind of uh, not just career choices, but also just learning how to think creatively and uh, showing them the possibilities of what they can do when they just think creatively and they open up that uh, that creative think tank, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the goal. So I do that on my spare time. I make art. Um, and it's all related to just kind of things that are on my mind all the time which is the STEM side and the art side and just combining those two. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hmm. Now, now you mentioned that made a comment about, I believe you said it was your uncle family member that said, Hey, you know, put art on the back burner and, you know, pursue something that's going to, you know, make some money. And it, when you reflect back on that statement or that um, uh, guidance, you know, what are your thoughts on that, you know, to people that are coming behind you? You know, I think that when you're a kid, that thing that you you, you get lost in time doing, mm-hmm. the thing where it's like, you know, like, I mean, you, you can do it until, you know, the lights go off, whatever. Like yep. that thing, it, most of the time it doesn't leave you. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, with art, I put art down for years. I said, okay, I'm going to come back to it after I do, you know, get my degree. And then I'm, you know, I, and then I'm getting another degree and I'm like, okay, I'll come back to it when I get this one, right? <laughs> this time around, I'm not doing that. 
There's, there's yeah. no, I get around, you know, because I realize both are part of me. Yeah. And, um, if I could go back to that moment and if I could change anything, I wouldn't because mm. I think it all was a part of me becoming who I am today and in, in, in learning how to use, uh, my, I want to say uniqueness because I, I, you know, I was a kid that never felt like I fit in. Wow. Even at work, you know, like I'm not a traditional engineer. I don't, I, I, I can see like I, I usually, um, I'm usually drawing things out on the board. Like when uh, people are describing things to me, um, if I can't visualize it most of the time, I don't get it. Mm. You know, whereas uh, a lot of folks could just do calculations in their heads, all these things. I have to draw it out. Like I have to put it on a board, put it on a piece of paper. I need to see it in front of me. Um, I come up with all these weird out of the box thinking ideas where people um, who are traditionally, you know, traditional engineers are not out of the box thinkers in the sense of, I mean, yes, we innovate and we do, you know, we, we, we make technology to do things uh, or create things that don't exist today, right? That takes a level of creativity and out-of-the-box thinking, yes. But we kind of put ourselves in a box where if I say I'm a flight dynamics engineer, I usually don't dabble in the science as much. I usually keep in that box of flight dynamics. I design orbits. I don't care about why we're we're doing it. What are the requirements? Give me the requirements. I give you, you know, something that meets your requirements. And uh, for me, I'm like, well, why? Why do these requirements even exist? You know, like why do they have to have requirements all the time? Or can we? Are these really requirements or are they like desirements, if you will? Mm. Are they things that you desire or are they things that are required? And sometimes that takes having to step out and put yourself in the shoes of a scientist. And then maybe you can come up with better requirements to do your engineering. Or maybe you can think about getting the scientists what they want because you have a better understanding of what they want, but in a different way than what you would normally do if you knew nothing about what the scientists are trying to achieve and why. Hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? That makes perfect <laughs> it sense. Does. It makes perfect it does. sense. Okay. Um, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it's crazy when, you, when you're in a, I'm not going to put myself out there too much, but I'm, anyway, so <laughs> when you're in a, when you're in a space where, where everybody thinks, and like you said, there's a way scientists think, right? Even though they're creative or engineers think they're creative, they're, they're creative within a realm, mm-hmm. right? And then when when it, when it anything happens outside of that, they're like, mm, nah, let's put it back in that box, right? Yep. So it's crazy when you're in a room and, you know, a lot of a lot of kids. That's when it could either they feel insecure because they're like, well, I don't think like everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. Oh my goodness, I can't calculate that in my head. I need to put it on a board. Am I am I dumb? You know, you know what I'm saying. Versus mm-hmm. you're saying, no, I learned differently, so I should be able to take what I what 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 I can and apply it the way I can 
um, apply it. And I, I, and I totally understand that because trust me, I think I'm a weirdo myself. Not calling you a weirdo, but I'm a weirdo. I'm known to do that a lot, right? On this show, I, I laugh at people in their, in their, um, in their bad times. In their differences. <laughs> in their differences. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm a weirdo, right? <laughs> but what's the dynamics of your, your, your family? And I'm only asking that because you got the advice to, um, Go and make some money before, or think about something that could make you money before your, um, I wouldn't say your passion, because like you said, you had that duality of being an artist, plus you love the science or mechanical engineer. But um, what was your the, the construct of your family um, and, and the, um, that they gave you that guidance? So this was actually, the one, the, the person that actually gave me that advice was my stepfather's uh, uncle. Mm. My parents, they never really, um, they never really pushed me one way or another. All I knew as a kid was that like, they expected me to go to college. Um, anything I was interested in, my parents were very supportive. They kind of just let me lead the way in the sense of, okay, that's what she wants to do. We'll see how far she goes with this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kind of let me go. You know, I, I I thought I would play basketball for the WNBA, you know, and okay. they just let me play basketball. I'm like, either I'm going to do the basketball thing or I'm going to do the artist thing. And my mother let me go and father, they let me go as far as I could with it. And I was the one that decided no to this or no to that. And they just provided support for me. Um yeah, so they were super supportive. Like they just let me do my thing and figure it out. She's being hmm. a little humble because it wasn't like she stopped playing basketball in like middle school. Oh, she's nice like <laughs> that. Are you nice like that? <laughs> she's being a little humble. She was she was let playing me- for Stony Brook. <laughs> University. Oh, wow. Let me yeah. find out when you're shooting your shots and calculating how much trajectory you use. It's all automatic, man. What's the, what's the atmosphere physics. in the room? Yep. I, I should be shooting this far because of atmosphere. She's <laughs> uh, sitting here being humble with it. Humble with it. Nah, nah, it, 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 it's good, man. Because so, uh, so along your journey, uh, can you identify any other like just mentors that you've had, you know, as you were making like this critical decisions of, you know, um, you know, not just going into NASA, but even in your career, you know, as you're growing in your career and, you know, when you're needing that guidance, are there certain individuals that are key to um, those pivotal moments? I think every critical decision I made leading up to where I am today, there was a mentor involved. Mm-hmm. Um to decide, you know, what what uh, major to pursue in undergrad coming out of high school, that was my art teacher, Mrs. Evans. Um, she helped me put a portfolio together to get into a school. Um, it was Syracuse, actually, Syracuse University, to do industrial design. They didn't accept me into their program, and at the last minute, you know, she was the one that said, hey, you're good at math and science. You're good at art. Won't you try this mechanical engineering? And I'm like, what is that? So she was the one that kind of um, kind of led me in that direction. Um, once, I, once I started 
Stony Brook, I was clueless in terms of how to navigate Stony Brook. I was a part of the LSAP, uh, LSAMP uh, CSEP program. I received guidance from, um, they, they, they actually paired us off with mentors. Uh, I remember it was this mentor I had in the program named Jason. Um, Paul Siegel definitely was um, uh, a mentor to the LSAMP CSEP program. To this day, he still is just like rooting for me. He's like my, like, he roots for me even now, you know, and provides support even now. Um, well, who else? Georgia Tech, I'll be honest, Georgia Tech, um, my, I want to say my mentors and uh, the people that helped me through Georgia Tech were my peers. Uh, I was a part of NSBE and I was a part of the Black Graduate Student Association at uh, Georgia Tech. And those are the students that, um, the students that were a part of those organizations helped me, helped me through, uh, and mentored me through that process. Uh, one person in particular, um, was, uh, is a woman named Christiana Taylor. She, uh, was the only other African American student a female, sorry, student. She was a PhD student in the aerospace engineering program. We were in the same lab. And man, if it wasn't for her, I probably would not have gotten through that program. Um, we're friends to this day. Um, once I arrived at NASA, I mean, there are so many people who have helped me. Um, you know, right now I have a, a mentor. Uh, his name is Eric Holmes. He was the uh, he was the uh, associate division chief uh, in the branch. Oh, excuse me, in the division that I work for now. He's at headquarters. Um, um, this astronaut who um, he actually was a former astronaut and he passed a couple years ago. He was the uh, chief in the air science. Uh, Division. His name was uh, Pierce Sellers. Um, this guy, I mean, his leadership skills were amazing, and and you can tell he was having fun with 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 what he was doing. He loved what he did. He actually did it up until the point where he didn't do it anymore. Um, he was a mentor, and he's the one who introduced me to uh, my other mentor, who was in the earth science realm as well, uh, Lisa Callahan. She was the one who suggested, because um, I asked, basically after shadowing um, astronaut Pierce Sellers a couple times, um, I was like, how do I get involved with this earth science stuff? I want to, you know, I want to help out and learn how I could like contribute to, you know, us really tackling this climate change issue. And he, he introduced me to uh uh, my mentor, Lisa Callahan, and she was the one that was like, honestly, if I was you, I would go back to school, get a PhD in, in um, science, in uh, atmospheric science, so that you would understand the, the science questions that we're actually trying to answer. So you could be better prepared to actually work with the scientists and actually become one um, where you you will be in a better position to kind of help us solve these problems. So you'll kind of have both sides of the, 
the you, you could attack it from both sides, the engineering side and the scientist side. And so she she helped me set up um she helped me set up, you know, um this path that I'm on right now. Um Wow. wow. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna ask you that last question. what brought you back to the for the PhD and you and you pretty much you know, spilled it out like, you know, it, it was more so so that you can be more valuable and just to think ahead of just the value that you're going to be able to add, just having both sides from the engineering side and having experience and doing that for the last 10 plus years. And now going back and learning uh, more of the science side and man, that, that that's a dangerous combination right there. And uh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. I'm excited to see, you know, what it's going to bear for you, you know, in the future. And so how long is the program? Thank you. Oh, that's a weird (laughs) question, right? (laughs) Like, how long is it going to take me to get a PhD? Oh, my goodness. Y'all can't see people. I'm telling you. Y'all got some resiliency, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to answer the question, I I am pretty much in the last year of taking uh classes. Okay. And the great the great thing is, um, I didn't mention this, but NASA's actually paying for me to go to school. So they're oh, paying wow. for my education. That's yeah. They have yeah, yeah they have a program. And this is another thing I learned that they don't have this at every NASA center. Um so NASA got it again. It is a very unique center. Uh so they're paying for me currently to pursue this degree and uh usually um you know usually in in a phd program for a full-time student it'll probably take them i would say between five and six years to complete their degree for me um the goal is 2023 okay 2023 Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> four yeah. years. Three and a half years. Yeah. Cool. Did I say 20, wait, 2023, the beginning of 2023. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. So you got what, two years. The beginning. Mm. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, man. Well, you know, I, it, it, again, it, it speaks volumes to just landing in the place because, okay, let's back up. You went searching to trying to figure out what can this mechanical engineering field offer you. And by you searching and experimenting and trying different places um, that just wasn't the right fit for you. And then you landing at this opportunity here where it's offering you uh, numerous opportunities to grow, to expand your knowledge base, to, uh, um, to feed your curiosity. And then now it gives you an opportunity to now go off and get a, a, a PhD and they're going to pay for it. And so it's just like anyone that just loves the fact of learning would be in love with just the opportunity where you're at right now, where they're providing that platform across all areas to learn. And what I wanted just to share with our travelers is that, you know, uh, th- those individuals that become successful in life are those that are willing to learn. So it's whether, whether you're willing to learn in a traditional format of school, whether you're uh, or if you're wanting to learn hands on on the job uh, or if you want to learn independently, going to the library, doing a lot of reading or whatever it may be on the Internet, whatever. It's all about learning. 
learning, 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 and opening yourself up for those opportunities to grow. The people that feel as though they made it and they got to the end, <laughs> I, I really don't talk to too many of them. Well, yeah, so you see a lot of people. <laughs> all, you see a lot of people like that all the time, but they're not, they're not going anywhere in, in life. I'm just putting you that much. Someone figure, 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 tells you that they know it all and they're good to go. Yeah, they're either getting ready to retire or they're, yeah, they're, just put it that way. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing this story because it really provided a full perspective um, to our travelers as to, you know, you didn't have it all figured out in the beginning at all. No, you know, I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's the beauty of it. Man. Yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Falling in love with the journey. So yeah. if you could say um, one thing to yourself when you were, you know, making that decision to choose engineering, right? You were walking to school trying to figure out engineering. You chose engineering. If you could say something to yourself then, knowing what you know now, what would you, what kind of, what would that conversation be? I think the conversation would just be, you know, be open, you know, be Mm -hmm. open to opportunities, be open to um, definitely learning something new. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of that way anyway. I think I I, kind of, maybe that's something that's innate in me, but I would, I I think as, as as a youth, I would always second guess myself Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't go with, you know, you know, my, um, my intuition, if you will, I would encourage myself, uh, young Sabrina, I would encourage her to go with your intuition. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Sabrina, can you share with us before we let you go? Can can you share with us just, um, if you have any website, um, social media that you would like to share with the, um, the guests, they maybe they can see some of your artwork, whatever it may be. Uh, so that they can follow you? Yes. Uh, so um, my website uh, for learning more about the Stimulating Art Program and just speaking engagements and things of that nature, you can find me at launchpadinspires.com uh, for girl in space art uh, or any art-related um things that I do, uh, you can find me, uh, at Nefertiti Pocahontas, um, dot com. And it's a dash between the Nefertiti and Pocahontas, or you can just find me on Instagram at Nefertiti Pocahontas and it's Pocahontas with a K, not a C. <laughs> okay. I was, I was going to ask you what the spelling was. It was K C S Z, you know, all those in there. <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, love it, love it, love it. The travelers, we come to the end of another show, and we just want to thank you again, Sabrina, for just joining us, sharing with us your journey. Uh, like I said, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and our travelers, we're hoping that you have been able to grab something from this episode. Some of the, some of you that are are on the beginning of a journey or in the middle and just wanted to know, you know, what's next and what's next is right in front of you. Just the opportunity to pick up whatever resource you have and just beginning to learn and just expand um, who you are, personal, personal development, 
um, man, who you are so that those other opportunities that you are looking for in the future will become realized. Listen, like I said, we come to the end of another show. Check us out on the successjourneyshow.com and we'll see you guys again next week at the same time on the Success Journey Show. All right, have a good one. You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination. 